Hello, I'm David Poyser, a journalist, and welcome to the 17th episode of PezPod. The Insider's Guide to the Pez Network, made for European Pez. Perhaps the most major change that's happened across Europe since COVID, since what we call the new normal, has been in the area of way Pez job counsellors and staff now work, and the resulting issues obviously for staff management. Many of you may already be aware of the November 22 report sponsored by the European Commission called PEZ Staff Management in the New Normal Post-COVID-19. This report's already available on the internet and it's also available on this podcast's show notes. So for this episode, we're really lucky to be with Wukash Sinkiewicz to talk about the report. Many of you have already come across Rukash. He's done so much with the PES Network since it began, and he was working on these issues before the PES Network was even started. So for those of you who didn't know already, Rukash is an academic from Gdansk University of Technology in Poland. While I'm with him, I'm also hoping to take this opportunity to ask him generally about his experience working across European PES. Morning, Rukash. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning to you. So, Rukesh, what was surprising from the survey? Yes, uh, the survey uh, we have performed on the European Pass have had uh, several uh, interesting uh, issues. Uh, first of all, we have noted that there have been significant changes over the last years uh, caused by the pandemic, but also implemented in the long term uh, in terms of uh, the management of PES staff. Uh, in the short term, of course, we have seen the re- reallocation of staff uh, towards uh, the services that were needed the most. But uh, in the long term, uh, we uh, observe uh, f- more digitalization, of course, and automation, but moving to uh, a blended delivery of uh, services. Uh, blended means that they are both delivered uh, online, at least to some extent, uh, but also some of them uh, should be delivered and are delivered uh, if, uh, on-site uh, by PES counsellors. Yeah. Uh, so there Good. have been significant changes and uh, challenges for the PES staff uh, relating to uh, to this distant uh, if, uh, remote working, uh, like uh, the management of teams, uh, like... Uh, the staff uh, reallocation or rotation around the office in the hybrid mode of working, but also uh, the issues of uh, staff uh, online training uh, or uh, staff onboarding uh, in uh, in this new uh, uh, new normal. Uh, one of the challenges that we have also observed that are being addressed uh, by the PES are the health-related uh, measures, uh, both relating to the physical and mental health of uh, employees, as this becomes uh, an important issue uh, in uh, remote and hybrid working environments. I'm surprised the physical work, you would have thought if they're working at home... They can go and have a jog or, go, you know, go for a short run or do whatever they normally do. Yes, but usually you have to remember that this work uh, is uh, performed uh, 
at the workstation, computer. So basically, they also have the working hours. It's not uh, an increased flexibility of uh, doing whatever you want to do during this working time. So uh, you are kind of bound to, uh, to, to the computer, to your chair. And in a sense, it also causes a lot of problems like with your spine or uh, other health-related issues. That's fascinating. And I think the mental health, we all know about that. I mean, I think we all thought we used to go to work, it was work, but actually we go to work because it's nice to meet people and have a little chat and be part of a team, isn't yes, it? Yes, of course. The social aspect of work is very important. And for uh, the employees of PES, who we have to remember, they work with uh, others uh, to deliver the services, but they also work with job seekers and employers. Uh, this disconnection from the social na- network might pose uh, a significant uh, problem uh, for it is also a problem for the managers in a sense because they cannot directly uh, observe and directly work with their subordinates. So in a sense, uh, new leadership approaches are needed uh, to uh, better manage the uh, remote workforce uh, of the past. And just coming on from what you just said, do you think it's affecting the culture of PES generally? Or, uh, is there anything you wanted to say about that or... And how will PES continue servicing customers in the new normal? It is definitely uh, affecting the the working culture of PES because we uh, can clearly see that uh, the remote uh, or blended service deliver, which is the uh, now the most uh, widespread model, is here to stay. So basically, we. Uh, can't treat it simply as a uh, one-off phenomenon linked to the pandemic. It is uh, a permanent one. So uh, this uh, means that also the services for the employers and uh, and job seekers uh, will be delivered in this uh, dual mode, uh, online and offline, depending on the availability, but also uh, on the uh, specific needs of these uh, target groups. Well, wow, you've done so much work. Do you mind if I just ask you about some of your other work, um, not related to this survey, because you've had so much experience, Rukesh? Um, is there other examples where you could talk about where PES have been successful, where other PES could learn? I know the Netherlands has been a, a leader, hasn't it? Definitely, there are very good examples, uh, Netherlands being one of them. Uh, I think that the changes in terms of the service delivery, uh, especially currently focus on the uh, skills-based uh, delivery models. So it means that what is uh, gaining importance uh, is the skills of the, the possible uh, employees, job seekers, but also from the perspective of employers, these are the factors that they are really looking for uh, more and more. Uh, we do have uh, uh, quite uh, big uh, skills-related uh, challenges on the uh, on the European labour market, uh, for some skills imbalances, but also uh, new skills uh, requirements and emerging skills requirements related to uh, the digital uh, transformation and the greening of the economy. So I think that uh, basically uh, there are a lot of uh, good examples of how uh, PES are trying to address these skills uh, related uh, challenges. 
You have mentioned uh, the Netherlands. I think this is a good example uh, of uh, a um, systematic approach to the analysis of the skills uh, required on the uh, labor market. What they have been preparing is a so-called competent NL, which is a skills uh, taxonomy and the tool uh, to understand the changing needs uh, of the uh, Uh, labor market uh, in terms of the uh, occupation skills, but also a sort of qualifications. What they have been using in this uh, approach is uh, a number of uh, AI-related techniques. So, I mean... Sorry, just to be clear, just uh, you said AI as in artificial intelligence. Yes, uh, but also the tools uh, that are mm. connected to this uh, taxonomy, mm. uh, because taxonomy is a sort of the uh, a grading system or a f- analytical system that helps us to understand what are the actual uh, requirements in a given occupation uh, or uh, in a given uh, job position uh, in relation to skills. So this might come, of course, out of the expert knowledge, but the more uh, or better uh, approach uh, is when this information comes directly uh, from uh, the enterprises or directly from the information that is available on the labor market. Uh, So uh, this includes also uh, job vacancies posted online uh, by uh, employers. the analysis of this uh, uh, these vacancies requires specific tools or techniques. Uh, so uh, this includes the web scrapping. Uh, Sorry, just that was another. That was about web scrapping. That's the word, isn't it? Yes, uh, yeah. yes. Uh, this uh, is uh, a kind of. Uh, uh, tool or software uh, that uh, gathers information from uh, the job vacancies advertised by employers online uh, and uh, analyzes using some uh, other uh, analytical tools and techniques like natural language processing, NLP. Uh, so it means that uh, the information uh, in these uh, vacancies uh, is being categorized uh, analyze the similarities found. So, for example, uh, when we talk about uh, different ways how employers uh, require uh, working collaboratively. So, for example, when we have the information like teamwork or team player, this will be analyzed by by the software and put into one uh, category. Uh, so this uh, gives us a, a kind of understanding what is really required uh, currently uh, on the labor market. But on the other hand, it also gives us a better uh, chance to address the labor market transitions. Because when we start looking at the uh, jobs or occupations from the skill-based perspective, we understand, uh, start to understand what kind of skills, uh, uh, in fact, build this occupation or a job. Uh, uh, Not the tasks, but the the skills. So it means that uh, when you have uh, an example like from the Netherlands, uh, a job with the low prospects, uh, uh, for example, printing trade worker or um, print... uh, Yeah, uh, someone who works in printing, exactly. Yes, yes. So they've got a lot of skills and low prospects. 
Yes, uh, yeah. possibly due to the changes in digitalization, uh, the working prospects are quite low. Uh, but they do have a lot of skills, as you have said, like uh, the ability to operate machines or devices. They also understand how the production process works. Uh, so uh, this is a good basis on which we can uh, possibly build training or retraining measures for these people to be able to be employed uh, in the future. But we also have to understand what are these other skills that are required uh, in the jobs uh, from this prospect prospect, uh, more prospect, high prospect uh, categories. Uh, so the example the Netherlands is using uh, is the uh, food industry uh, operator, process operator. Uh, so this, uh, have, this job has high prospects, uh, uh, possibly quite a lot of work in the future related to uh, food processing industry. Uh, if, uh, and it also requires some of the skills uh, that, uh, that um, laid off in the future printing trade workers would, uh, could use uh, in, the, in the food industry. But uh, it also differs. So an example of this difference would be uh, ability to work uh, according to specific hygienic uh, guidelines in the uh, food industry. Uh, so this is the skill that uh, this operator will not have, this print uh, operator will not have. But uh, we don't have to put this uh, person in the full-scale uh, training program uh, to learn him or teach him the skills uh, that he already has. What we need to uh, support him is with is this uh, hygienic uh, guidelines. Uh, and in this sense, this understanding about uh, uh, the uh, skills requirements of the jobs on the labor market gives us a better opportunity to address our PES uh, services like training, uh, including retraining and upskilling uh, uh, of uh, people. That makes huge sense. So printing you can do a food hygiene course if you're a printer. You've got a lot of skills, which you may not realize you have. And then you would go into catering. And catering, by most of the surveys, we think there will still be work in catering in the future. Exactly. Yeah. So we uh, built on what the person has, but also equip him with the skills uh, required uh, on the labor market currently, but also possibly uh, those required uh, in the future. Because what I think is also quite uh, significant is uh, that uh, a lot of pests now try to understand not only what is currently required, but also uh, what will be these changing requirements uh, uh, in the future. That was just what I was going to ask you about. How did you guess, Lukas, you're ahead of me. <laughs> How do you yeah. see the future of remote work in PES? Uh, I think it is uh, going to stay for the long time. Uh, Possibly, as we can see from um, the recent developments in PES, uh, more in the hybrid format. So meaning uh, specific time uh, usually spent uh, at the office uh, and some indicated time varying uh, really from one to four days uh, a week even uh, at your own home uh, office or home 
uh, premises uh, because this uh, allows to address these challenges we have already uh, focused on, the challenges of uh, social uh, uh, distance uh, and, uh, and the feeling of, uh, of being um, disengaged from the others, uh, but also some sort of interpersonal relations. So I think uh, we will definitely work in a hybrid format in, in PES, but this will also require specific uh, uh, skills, both from the uh, regular employees, but also from uh, the managers uh, to be able to manage this remote and hybrid teams in an effective way. And I know we talked about it before, about the physical well-being and the mental well-being. Is there anything that you can say also about how to ensure the well-being and work-life balance of PES staff as a final thought? Yes, uh, of course. I think that what uh, is really uh, uh, required is the uh, understanding of the uh, meaning of the work. So doing a meaningful job is really an important factor in uh, establishing uh, uh, this mental health being issue, but also uh, a lot of support, support from your uh, direct manager, uh, uh, from the programs that are more uh, and more often uh, uh, established at, uh, at the also, so it means the mental health support programs. Uh, uh, also, what we can see uh, is that PES are using regular health uh, monitoring, including uh, this uh, short uh, surveys or uh, uh, information via, for example, your smartphone about your current feeling. How do you feel? Uh, don't you feel overwhelmed with work? Uh, the most important thing is the trust you have within your employer uh, to uh, come up with the uh, with possible challenges you might be facing. So these will not be ignored. Uh, this will be addressed and you will be helped. This really is important for the mental well-being. Wow. So it's a tough time, isn't it, with a lot of people working from home for managers at PES? Yes. Yes, yes definitely. Quite a tough time. Well, I wanted to carry on chatting to you forever, but I think we've sort of run out of time. So thank you for your time, Lukash. That was a pleasure. Thank you. The next episode of PESPOD will be about bench learning. So join us on the next PESPOD to find out the success it's led to right across all the PES. There's also links on the PESPOD show notes for the PES staff management survey that Lukash just talked about challenges in the new normal survey which was done in november 22 we're hoping the podcast will help build more of a sense of community in pez networks across europe so if you've got any comments on PESPOD, then just send us an email the email is empl-pes-secretariat at ec.europa.eu that email is also on the PESPOD show notes. PESPOD is produced for the PES Network by the European Commission with technical support from Econ Institute. The technical producer is Mark Bota. Looking forward to next time.